Welcome back. It's showtime. Bringing you part two of our NFL draft prospects on the defensive end. And as promised, returning special guest, Brad. Brad, how are you, man? I'm well. How are you doing? Good, dude. Welcome back. Uh, the last episode was pretty successful, and I'm uh, ready to have you on again. I'm excited. All right, dude. Let's go ahead and uh, we'll start with the defensive line. Pretty consensus that Derek Brown is the number one choice there out of Auburn. 6'5", 326 pounds. Runs a 5'1", 40-yard dash. Pretty much known for taking on multiple blockers. What do you have on Derek Brown? Um, Derek Brown um, is, uh, like you said, he's the number one consensus um, from Auburn. The only guy that even closely rivals him is Javon Kinlaw, but I would say Derek Brown's still number one. He was a 2019 All-American, started all three years for Auburn. Um, he was the 2019 Impact Trophy winner, and uh, he didn't miss one tackle all season, 100% on that. So once he gets his paws on you, you're not really going anywhere. Yeah, he's an impressive dude. Auburn was – Obviously, one of the teams that flew under the radar. You got Bama and LSU that were kind of the standouts in the SEC. Even even Florida was right there with them. So, Derek Brown, uh, very good player on a pretty solid Auburn team. Moving right along, hopefully I don't bust this name. Uh, Javon Kinlaw? Yeah. Out of South Carolina, 6'5", 324 pounds. Pretty, uh, pretty known for being really explosive out of the gate with a powerful first step. What do you have on Javon? Um, Javon Kinlaw? Could have had a real shot at being the number one D lineman, but his inconsistency was a little bit of an issue. He uh, he never had more than four tackles in any game all season. Um, he was constantly disrupting, requires a double team, and maybe that's why, because South Carolina doesn't have a ton of good players. So he was kind of the focal point to stop that defense. Um, his name really popped off when uh, he absolutely was dominant at the Senior Bowl. He was just – bullying offensive lineman, uh, first team all SEC. And another minor issue is he did miss the spring with hip surgery, so he wasn't at the combine. But um, he also blocked three kicks during the year in 2019. So a little bit of added added uh, spice there on special teams. Definitely a solid player in the SEC and should hear his name called in round one. Moving to number three, Ross Blacklock out of ECU, Texas Christian, 6'3", 290 pounds. At 290 pounds, you're coming in roughly 20 to 30 pounds lighter than everybody else. He runs a 4'9", very athletic. What do you got on Blacklock? Yeah, um, unlike the other two guys, instead of being like uh, dead center in the middle, he's more of an end-style player. Uh, TCU ran a lot of like stunts on the defensive line, utilizing their quickness. Um, in 2018, he tore his Achilles, but uh, came back pretty strong in 2019, 40 tackles, three and a half sacks. He had nine tackles for a loss, and uh, his run uh, run grade was 89.5%, which is really high for, for such a smaller guy. So he seems to be a little bit quicker, and uh, if you're looking for somebody maybe in the outside, if you're on a 4-3, he's a pretty good end. Yeah, you're typically not getting very – Good defenses at the Big 12, but Ross definitely uh, stood out of the pack. 
definitely getting a good player there. Neville Gallimore. Got that right out of Oklahoma? Yeah, another another Big 12 guy. Another Big 12 guy, 6'2", 304, runs a 4.794, does not take plays off. Pretty much what he's known for, high motor guy. What do you got on uh, Neville? Uh, Neville is like designated nose tackle, park him right in the middle. Um, they have him listed at 304. Um, he dropped about 30 pounds from the end of the season before the uh, the combine. I think that was maybe to pump up his speed or maybe so that weight wasn't an issue. But he is a four-year senior, so he played all four years, was a starter all four years. Um, sack numbers and tackles for a loss went up every year. Forced fumbles went up every year. Um, so, yeah, he, he, he's a really good guy, parking the middle of defense. He'll be a good 3-4 guy. It, it's a lot of scheme when it comes to these big guys and what kind of defense you play. Yeah. Well, moving back to an SEC guy, Marlon Davidson out of Auburn, 6'3", 303, 5.04, 5.04 40-yard dash. He was a senior, could have came out last year. He stayed to get a degree, something he had agreed to for his mom. Obviously, he's a stud, but he played around Derek Brown. What do you got on Marlon Davidson? Yeah, a, a lot of stuff that I found is that um, when you watch Auburn, you don't really see Marlon Davidson so much because you're focused on Derek Brown. But um, Marlon Davidson, uh, he was more of a uh, an end as well, and he played all four years with Derek Brown. They did play all four years together. Um, he blocked three kicks on special teams, first team all at SEC. Um, however, the way they played him, he only played 51% of the snaps versus the run and out of his 600 snaps only 66 of them he had his hand in the ground he was kind of an edge hybrid um but however he did add 20 pounds by the senior bowl and said he does plan to move inside to be on the ground so I think uh it's more of a where do you play him in your in your defense is he a defensive lineman or is he more of an edge pass rusher he's kind of uh trying to show that he can play both but I don't know if that's really helping his draft stock yeah. Who do you who do you have for a sleeper? Um out of Baylor's name's James Lynch. He's six foot four, two hundred and ninety pounds, ran a five uh five point oh one forty. Um he played three years. Um, but his last his senior year, he had forty one tackles, thirteen and a half sacks, nineteen and a half for loss, five pass deflections, two block kicks, three force fumbles. I mean, he was just a havoc for Baylor all year. Um, he was a uh, top 10 in the NFL in tackles for loss and sacks. And he ranked number one in the nation with 42 quarterback pressures. So, I mean, this dude was just living in the backfield all season. And I don't know how he's not getting talked about more. A lot of lists I see have him as the seventh or eighth best defensive lineman, but this guy looks like a problem. Yeah. I went ahead. First off, let me say this. I don't want to ever hear these Buckeye fans say we don't talk up the Buckeyes on this podcast. My sleeper, I got Davon Hamilton out of Ohio State, 6'4", 320, runs a 5.14 40-yard dash. Now, Davon has had the privilege, and I say the word privilege, of playing around very good pass rushers. So really all he's got to do is clog the middle. But listen to this. For a career, 31.8% of his tackles went for a loss. Absolutely incredible gets in the backfield, stays there. But speaking of Ohio State pass rushes, we're going to move to the edge. And 
definitely probably the consensus number one edge player, defensive lineman, whatever you want to say. Most people have him as the best player in this draft. Chase Young, 6'5", 264. I'm going to give you a little stat on Chase Young. So he had 16.5 sacks in 2019. He was getting Heisman talks all year. He had seven forced fumbles. But over his final three games, zero sacks. What do you got on Chase Young? Um, Chase Young, he's the best player coming out of the draft. He's the most certain draft pick you could have NFL ready. I mean, I know a lot of people who listen to this podcast are probably from the area and know all about him. Um, you can say he had no sacks over the last three games, but to play devil's advocate, I mean, at by, by the 16 and a half sacks, it was stop Chase Young. I mean, it was almost comical watching the Michigan game. He was doubled or tripled every play. Um, he had nine straight games with at least a half sack. Uh, he did have that suspension in his game back. He had nine tackles and a forced fumble versus Penn State. And uh, in the pro football focus pass rush grades, since 2014, Chase Young is number one in the past six years with 96.5 rating. I mean, six forced fumbles, nose for the ball. He's just – he's going to be hurt a lot on Sundays. Same thing as the Bosa brothers. Yeah, I – going back to Joey Bosa – I said that he would be a poor man's Clay Matthews and nothing more than that. I was incorrect. I did not even bother trying to put a prediction on Nick Bosa, who's probably better than his brother. And I personally believe Chase Young's better than both of them. So we'll see. Uh, next, number two, we got – I'm going to butcher this. <laughs> Kavlon Caslin. I believe it's Clavon Chasen. I don't I, – I looked up pronunciations, but – He's from LSU. LSU, 6'3", 254. You have a cool little story about him wearing 18. Why does he wear 18? 18, it's the same thing as how uh, their center had it. It's just a prestigious number given to the the locker room captain, you know, stand-up guy on and off the field, just leader on and off the field. And uh, it's just special to get 18 on their, their team. It's just something special LSU does. It's kind of cool. Okay. What else you got on him? Anything special? Um, well, he uh, as a sophomore in high school, he went uh, with a friend who was going to LSU and uh, participated in some of the stuff. And he actually got a scholar offership before he even played varsity football in high school. So um, that just speaks volumes to his pure athleticism. But um, that's the thing. He's still uh, growing into the position and uh, inconsistency. Him and Yader Gross Matos, I believe his name is, from Penn State. Both of those guys have uh, question marks about consistency. But um, he was first team All-SEC. He led the team in tackles and tackles for loss. Um, he just seems to have a nose for the football. Yeah, speaking of uh, Yeder Gross Matos out of Penn State, 6'5", 267. He was spectacular in his two years at Penn State, 35 tackles for loss, 17.5 sacks. Very impressive. What do you got on him? Yeah, um, you watch him all the time, watching Big Ten games, and the first thing that pops off is his bull rush, his power. I mean, he comes off the line and puts two hands on you, and you're just driving backwards. So even though that sack number isn't always there, which he had nine and a half last year, he's always collapsing the pocket if he's not doing it for himself. He's freeing up space for the other guys. Yeah, you know, the Big Ten – Known for being a defensive conference, definitely a standout player. 
Let's move to number four. You got A.J. Impenenza out of Iowa, another Big Ten player, 6'5", 275, runs a 5.04. Really known for dominating the B-gap. Uh, can just really be explosive there. What do you got on him? Um, for, he's like a lot of these guys. Um, he's an athletic freak. Uh, before going to college in high school, he was a three-time All-American and first-team All-State. And uh, in basketball, he had over a thousand points in his career. He was a discus state champion. I mean, the guy is just—he's so being six five, two eighty, and you watch some of his highlights or some of his games. The way he moves around the outside—it's incredible to see the way he can bend his body. And he had at least eight different games this year with at least a half sack. So AJ Epineza—I I believe he's a guy who's going to go in the first round, and he's going to be an animal. Yeah. Terrell Lewis out of Bama, 6'5", 262. I mean, I have a tough time grading these Bama players because every player on the freaking defense is, is loaded. What do you got on Terrell Lewis? Um, he was redshirted, and then uh, in 2017, he had seven tackles and a sack versus Georgia in that championship game. 2018, he comes back and he tears his ACL season end short. But however, when he comes back in 2019, he had uh, he had 48 uh, quarterback pressures in in that year, and he had 31 tackles, six sacks. I mean, Alabama, like you said, they weren't the powerhouse that they have been the last few years. But Nick Saban just pumps out defensive players, so it's like, I mean, there's so many guys coming out in the first two rounds every year from Alabama. It's tough. Yeah, who's your sleeper? Um, he actually plays for the Charlotte 49ers. His name's Alex Highsmith, played in uh, Conference USA, 6'3", 250, and he ran a 4'7", which is incredible for his size. Um, in 2019, he had 75 tackles, 21 and a half tackles for loss, which is second in the FBS to go with 14 sacks. Um, his, biggest, uh, his biggest pushback is the conference that he played in. But um, sometimes you just got to look for a football player, and the numbers that he's producing are just incredible. So he had the uh, second highest pass rush grade behind Chase Young last year. So guy to look out for. Yeah, another guy to look out for. He's my sleeper pick out of Michigan. Josh Uche, six one, two forty five, led Michigan in sacks in both eighteen and nineteen. He's not known for dropping into coverage. He does have a torn meniscus in his past. Unfortunately, he was a non-factor against Ohio State and Bama, so it sounds like I have more bad than good. But he really is a very good player, very coachable player, and I think he will have a career as a rotational lineman in this league. So moving on to linebacker, this is a really fun position group, in my opinion. I don't know if you think the same. Number one, Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson, 6'4", 238. The speed, four three nine speed, unreal fast. What do you got on Isaiah Simmons? Uh, easily the best linebacker coming out of the draft here at middle linebacker. It seems like we've got one stud at every level here, with uh, Chase Young, Derek Brown, and now Isaiah Simmons. Yeah. Um, a lot of the NFL right now is a lot of the sub packages. You know, your hybrid safety, nickel corner linebackers, and Isaiah Simmons was built for that position. He won the the Buckus Award this year. Um, 
12 games with five or more tackles. He had over 100 snaps at four different positions last year for Clemson. Um, I mean, the guy's just insane. You see him wreck the combine. Um, he had 30 quarterback pressures on only 73 pass rush attempts. So when they called his number, he could fly around. Uh, the things he did at safety, he had the interception against Ohio State in the playoffs. I mean, eight sacks, 104 tackles, three picks, nine pass deflections, just absolute monstrosity on a defense. Kenneth Murray, he's coming in at number two out of Oklahoma. 6'2", 241, another fast linebacker, 4'5", four, 4'5", five, four, five, speed. He kind of plays almost like a safety. He's got lots of range, can go sideline to sideline. What do you got on Murray? Um, Murray was a tackle machine last two years, 155, followed up by 102. So having double-digit tackles and uh, back-to-backs – or triple-digit tackles, excuse me, and back-to-back seasons is really impressive. Um, the thing is, is – Sometimes you got to let the bat out too. And it seems to be that he might be a liability in pass coverage. His speed makes you think that he wouldn't be. But um, over his career, he had 102 targets against him. He only broke up four of them. And he had zero interceptions. So for all that speed, it seems like he needs to be coached quite a bit on that. But in terms of tackling the guy after he catches it or tackling a ball carrier, I mean, getting the guy to the ground a lot yeah well speaking of another guy getting people to the ground patrick green he's number three on the board out of lsu six foot 229 four five speed absolutely huge in the sc title sec title game and the playoff games totaling 22 tackles five tackles for loss one and a half sacks absolute beast definitely a factor on the championship team what do you got on green um, one of his first big games, he had to fill in for Devin White, one of the highly coveted linebackers last year. Um, he was, you know, being watched very closely, having to fill in for him. And he ended up leading the team with nine tackles, two for a loss and a sack, kind of solidifying his starting position going into 2019. 85 tackles, 12 behind the line of scrimmage. Um, against top 10 teams last year, he had 49 tackles. Um, and in pass coverage, on 36 targets, he only allowed 12 first downs, no touchdowns. So he seems to be a guy. I think he'll be possibly the second linebacker off the board. And uh, watch out for him. He's good. Yeah, definitely uh, definitely a player to watch. Let's go to number four out of the Big Ten, Zach Brown for Whiskey. 6'2", 238, 4'6", speed. Known for covering running backs, tight ends. He's a great tackler. What do you got on Zach Brown? Um, again, some of these uh, defensive guys, freak athletes. He played quarterback in high school and had two thousand, basically 2,000 passing and rushing yards with 60 touchdowns. Uh, so that speaks to what he can do just as a football player. 2017, he had the big foot injury. But his senior year, uh, he came in 76 tackles. <laughs> 20 for loss, 13 sacks, and a pick. Um, he was a Buckus Award finalist. And uh, he's just – he's a guy who can play outside linebacker or edge rusher. He can do both. He's a great run stopper, and he's good in pass coverage, good dual-purpose guy. Uh, 
I think I think he'll be a name that we'll hear a lot on Sundays as well. First rounder, I think. Yeah. Number five, small school guy, Acom Davis Gather, 6'1", 224, out of Appalachian State. This dude is a complete stat stuffer. This one, this when I see it, read the stat, mine. 209 tackles over his last 27 games. What do you got on him? Yeah, that dude, I mean, just what you said, having that many tackles, it averages out to be seven and a half tackles a game for two straight years. Um, he was a great special teamer as well. Um, having the eight pass deflections to go along with the 15 tackles for loss, I think is incredible. They asked him to pass rush 190 times, coverage 316. So he seems to be a guy that whether it's in certain situations his first year or if he's a starter, he should be able to do whatever you ask of him. Seems to be a three-down linebacker. And maybe it's weird to hear Appalachian State for one of the top guys, but I mean, like you said, he's just stat stuffing all over the place. Yeah, he's got Bill Belichick's got his name all over this guy. I swear, when I when I read some of the things on him, I'm like, this is a Bill Belichick type player. And uh, I don't know if he's a first rounder, but uh, I, you know, New England doesn't have a round two, so in order for New England to get him, they have to follow the three, and I don't think that's happening. So he's gonna get he's gonna land in good hands. But what do you got for your sleeper here? All right. Um, with my sleeper, uh, every year I like to try and find one guy that I want the Steelers to grab. And he's usually a late third rounder, projected fourth round maybe. And this one, I don't understand why he's projected so low. His name's Logan Wilson. And uh, he's a linebacker for Wyoming. 6'2", 240. He's kind of built big, but he ran a 4'6", which is just as fast as some of these other guys. He started all four years. These are just the tackles from freshman to senior, 94, 120, 100, 104. I mean, the guy never missed a start, played 52 straight games. In 47 of the 52, he had at least five tackles. And in 17, he had over 10. Um, watching him, he reminds me a lot of like a, a Luke Keekley style. Um, in high school, he was an All-American at DB and wide receiver which speaks to his interception numbers. Uh, he had three his freshman year, one, two, and then three again in his senior year. Um, he's your typical middle linebacker, call the shots. Um, he's fallen because he doesn't jump off athletically. He doesn't have the overall traits. You see the blur sideline to sideline, but doesn't miss tackles, and he's on the ball. Every time you hear Wyoming gets a tackle, he's there, and he's just he's going to be good. Yeah, I mean, you got me pumped up just listening to that. That's a player that, if you're listening to this podcast and your team has a late round pick, you should be uh, listening and hoping your team takes Wilson. My sleeper, again, these Buckeye fans need to be listening around. Malik Harrison. Obviously, if you're a Buckeye, you play on a loaded defense. There's tons of players that we've even listed in this draft. They have a lot of players returning. 6'3, 247, 46 speed. The coolest thing about Malik Harrison, he played in and played well in every single linebacker spot. Definitely a player that you want on your team. Very versatile, and he'll be very good at the next level. Let's go with DB. And wow, what do we know? We're transitioning to Ohio State again. <laughs> and you know, you just touched on this a second ago. It seems like every position group has that stud. This is no different. Jeff Akuda. 6'1", 205, 4'4", 8 speed, 
He's easily the best corner in the draft. He's got a magnificent combo of height, weight, speed. Can put him on your number one receiver, and he's going to lock him down. What do you got on Okuda? So, obviously, like you said, Jeff Okuda, hands down number one corner coming out of the draft this year. Um, I know a lot of people have watched him, heard his name. Ohio State's highly watched all around the country. But I have some in-depth statistics so that Ohio State fans can realize just how good he was because I don't think you understand. He had 27 games over the last two years. He never allowed over 50 yards receiving. He had 400 coverage snaps, and he only allowed six 15-yard or more gains. They were all in off coverage. When he was asked to play press man-to-man 184 times, he was targeted 29 out of the 184. Longest gain was 12 yards. He's just insane. He's just an absolute blanket. Take this guy off the field, play 10v10 the rest of the time. He's your Patrick Peterson, Jalen Ramsey, Richard Sherman, if you will, however you want to view it. He's going to line up across your best and take him away. Yeah, you know, there's we're not going to get too much in the box right now, but there's a lot of teams that can use this corner. You know, I – you look at championship teams, a lot of times they're going to have a lockdown corner or they're going to have two very good ones. So you need this guy. You know, uh, there's a lot of times they talk like corners can't really change the direction of your franchise. That may be true, but they can definitely take out one player off the team. And last time I checked, you shorten the field, you have a pretty good chance on defense. So. Let's go to number two, C.J. Henderson out of Florida. I like Florida DBs. I don't know what it is, but when I see a Florida DB, I assume they're good. Four three nine speed. So he's got great speed. Six one two zero four. Really, the cool thing about C.J. Henderson, he's he's able to play man to man. He's able to play zone. Really can do whatever you ask for him because he's got recovery speed. What do you got on C.J. Um, C.J. Uh, if it wasn't for Jeff Okuda. He would, he would easily be the number one. I think there's a big gap from two to three. Not enormous, but big enough to where these are your top two guys, um, Jeff Okuda and CJ. Um, CJ really busts onto the scene in 2018. And uh, after getting the two interceptions and just locking it down, they kind of just stayed away from him after that at Florida. Um, he was only targeted one time every seven coverage plays. So, I mean, people just stayed away from him. And last year, against his toughest matchup, LSU, he went against Jameer Chase, who won the uh, Litnikoff Award, and he held him to two two catches on five targets for only twenty yards. Um, he's just he's locked down. He's a he's a top level headed player on and off the field, no issues. He's a he's a top fifteen pick. Top fifteen, so you're definitely a first rounder there. Let's move on. Another SEC corner, Christian Fulton out of LSU, six foot 197, 446 speed. Played pretty good against the Bama receivers. Uh, what do you got on Fulton? Um, Christian Fulton, um, he's one of kind of a collection of cornerbacks here coming up. Um, we know the first two are first rounders, but these next couple guys, they're all somewhere in the late first round, early second. I don't think this cornerback class is getting talked about enough. Um, This guy does have a little bit of off-the-field issues. In 2017, 
Um, he was smoking marijuana a couple of days before a drug test. So then he tampered with the urine samples and got suspended indefinitely for 2017. Um, came back in 2018, played really well. 2019, again, super good. Um, he only allowed 48 catches over the two years that he came back after the suspension, broke up 21 of those. So um, the only issue is, is he's very aggressive early and he doesn't really have a ton of makeup speed. And last year he did allow five catches of 30-plus yards, which is a little bit of a scare. Yeah, definitely uh, something to be on the lookout for. Let's go to another SEC player. We're going to move to safety, though. Xavier McKinney, six foot, 200 pounds, four six three speed. Really fantastic in a cover one. So if you put him out there by himself in a Cam Chancellor role, or a Devin McCourty role, he really excelled. What do you got for Xavier McKinney? Um, Xavier McKinney. Uh, not as athletically explosive as Isaiah Simmons, but he's another guy who can kind of line up everywhere. Um, last year, he had 320 snaps in the box, 227 in the slot, and 270 deep. So they kind of move him all around. He's kind of your wild card, can play a little bit of linebacker, a little bit of safety. Um, he did have three interceptions and a touchdown to go with four forced fumbles, 95 tackles. So you can tell he's all over the field. And in his last two years, he only allowed three touchdowns. So I'd say that's a pretty good clip. Yeah, that's pretty good. Let's move on to another Bama player, Tavon Diggs, 6'1", 205, brother of Stefan Diggs. This dude's a huge corner, really a matchup nightmare. A lot of people are excited for him, potentially going to an AFC East team and playing up against his brother or at least matching up. What do you think about Tavon Diggs? Um, he is definitely prefers to play in the press, likes getting his hands on people, big physical guy. Um, the thing that worries a lot of people is uh, against everyone except LSU, he was lights out. He uh, 39 targets, only 13 completions, never allowed a touchdown, and between breakups and interceptions, he had 11. But when he played LSU, he was targeted 13 times, allowed nine catches for 133 yards and a touchdown. So when he faced a team that looks like a bunch of NFL players, he couldn't match up against any of their wide receivers, and he kind of looked lost that game. LSU obviously went on to win that game, but that's his big uh, pushing pushing point. He's probably the fourth or fifth best corner on the board, but that tape against LSU needs to be burned up. LSU is really good. It's hard to it's hard to hold that to people, but no, I understand it because those are NFL receivers. So if you're going to play good, you need to play good against right them. On. Right on. Speaking of LSU, Grant Dilpit, 6'2", 213. I do want to note that he played his entire 2019 with a high ankle yeah. sprain. What do you got on Dilpit? Um, First of all, it speaks to his character. I was going to bring that up as well. High ankle sprain all through 2019. So his numbers did dip a little bit, but – at 6'2", 213, he's your perfect solution to a tight end problem. Um, he's going to be the guy that's asked to guard the George Kittles, the Zach Ertz, you know, Travis Kelsey's the player of that caliber. He's got the size and speed for it. Um, with a year he wasn't hurt, he had five interceptions. Um, they do worry that he misses some tackles in the open field. 
but he's always looking for the big hit. I think that's something that can be coached out of him, but one of the highest praises he gets from everyone he's ever played with or against is that he doesn't care what happens to his body as long as he gets the guy down. He's one of those safeties that knocks the ball out after the catch or dismantles it instead of getting a hand on the ball. He wants to wreck the human. Who do you have for your sleeper? Uh, Justin Blackman, safety out of uh, Utah. Um, really good. He was rated as the number <clears throat> number four free safety in the pro football focus rankings. Um, he only had one missed tackle all year, and he had 60 tackles all over the field. Um, in his three years that he played, four picks, one pick, four pick. So he's got a nose for the ball, nine interceptions over his three years. Um, he's your he's your deep cover guy. He's uh, going to keep everything in front of him, and he reads quarterback's eyes really well. Turnover machine, you'll get the ball back to your offense, and that's something that you need in today's NFL. It's a game of turnovers. Yeah, speaking of uh, Utah, my sleeper is his his secondary partner, Jalen Johnson, cornerback out of Utah, six foot, one ninety three, four five speed. Absolute physical press corner. And between the two of them, a big reason why Utah's defense was number six in the country last year. Very good. You're getting two very solid defensive players there. I do have one additional sleeper that I wanted to bring up on name variety alone. Antoine Winfield Jr. out of Minnesota. 5'9", 203. Smaller guy, 4'5". Four, four, five speed, but he's the son of Antoine Winfield, the former Ohio State Buckeye, Minnesota Viking, absolute ball hawk. He had seven picks in 2019, and Minnesota was much improved. He was one of the many reasons why, and uh, figured I'd bring him up as well. Well, man, that concludes our defensive breakdown. What do you think? Um, man, I, I had a lot of fun uh, looking up all these different players and. I'm a big stat junkie, all these numbers. I find it so fun, and hopefully you guys listening. I mean, hopefully I showed you guys something, taught you guys something new. Hopefully Jeff Jeff introduced you to some guys you don't know, and when you hear these names on the draft, because there ain't nothing else better to do at least this year than watch the draft, hopefully when you hear these guys, you'll be able to think of some of the stuff we talked about, and I, I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, what uh... – I, I'm I'm totally for you, man. I, I I completely agree. You know, this this coming week is going to be a fun week because really, what else do we have besides nothing really? So, what uh, what can we give them as a quick taste test for our mock this week? I'm sorry, could you repeat that? What can we give them for a taste test of what we're going to give them for our mock this week? Oh, man. Uh, So next Thursday or Wednesday, day before the draft, uh, we'll be on here. I'm going to give uh, my prediction at a mock draft. I know a lot of times it's a crapshoot, but tried to spice it up with a few trades here and there, some trades in the first round. I I don't think it's responsible of me to get up there and just read Mel Kuyper's or Bucky Brooks mock draft and – Hopefully you guys want to participate. Jeff uh, shares these podcasts of his all over social media. Don't be afraid to post your own mock draft or pick apart ours. I'm sure Jeff will make his own mock draft for the first round too. And hopefully we can make a lot of fun out of this. A lot of uh, bickering back and forth. Hopefully I can tell you I told you so. And if I'm wrong, don't, don't be afraid to let me hear that too. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm super excited for it. I uh, I won't afraid to to be the fans in the in the podcast and question some of your calls and listening to you defend them. So super excited. I hope you guys are excited as listeners because we're gonna bring you something that uh, hopefully you want to hear uh, a, a funny, cool 2020 mock draft and uh, maybe you know we uh, we give you something that actually happens on draft day. So. Brad, thanks again for coming on. Nice, good old long episode like always. And I'll see you back here. Take it easy, guys. Later.